3: Good afternoon. Welcome to The Punter's Mate on this Friday, the 7th of October, 2022. Chris Nelson in the chair with Sam Highland and Sammy. They said we'd never make it, but here we are. We're on drive time. We're nationally right around the country. How good is that on SEN Track? Good to be here, Chris. Oh,
0: yeah, uh, looking forward to a big weekend of racing and... Great that we've got our new slot, uh, our afternoon slot, drive time slot.
3: What do you think of some of the drive time legends. Darren Hinch comes to mind. I mean, <laughs> is that where we're heading? Well, who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> all right. Well, we've got a big show today. We've got uh, Tony Gollan joining us a little bit later on. We've got heaps of tips. We'll be talking after the first break to uh, Clinton Taylor, who's the, uh, the trainer of Chinny Boom. This is, of course, the filly up north that's been taking all before her. She's four from four. She is absolutely flying. What are they doing with Ginny Boom? Are they going to sell? How much of the offers been? Are they going to keep the horse racing? Sammy, what do you think? Gee, it's exciting, isn't it?
0: Uh that like that win uh last week was just never got off the steel. It was just uh, you know, it was like a trial for it. And uh yeah, she's I know she's uh beating up only moderate horses, but she's running sharp enough time and gee, she's uh she just does it so softly. She is a good bit of stuff. So uh, very exciting to to see where she goes at, and uh, I can imagine the uh, the offers would be huge at at uh, that that are coming in. I mean, she's she just looks so exciting. So well, it's great to see for Clint Taylor.
3: You talk about her uh, running times. She ran uh, the track. Re- she broke the track record on Tuesday at um, at Rockhampton. Uh, the track was rated as slow or a soft five. Uh, and that record stood since 2014 was set by Say I Won't on a good three. So she's done it on a soft track and she's done it under a hold and she's broken the track record. It's a two year old and it's her fourth start or oh, three year old. her fourth start. So that's just unbelievable. So, Looking forward to speaking to Clinton Taylor after the first break. As I mentioned, Tony Gollan. a little later. We'll have Blair Gibson from brizzyracers.com.au along to give his tips for the Gold Coast.
0: And what about the intro to Blair Gibson? Oh, well, you just wait wait for that. You just (laughs) love
3: it. I've done a bit of digging and I found a really good intro. He is the mayor of the Gold Coast, unofficially. Your playlist
0: (laughs) on your phone. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's not too good. (laughs)
3: It's a lot of 80s stuff in there, Sammy. (laughs) It's not too good. But anyway, I enjoy it. And that's the main thing now. Uh, topics for this week, it's raised its head again. There's three things you can be sure of actually two Australia day. We get the uh, Australia day debate this time of year. We get the Everest versus the Melbourne cup. Once again, we've had someone come out and say the Everest is bigger than the Melbourne cup, which absolutely
0: ridiculous. And, and just the most complete madness, uh, and, uh but typical isn't it like I, th- I think he that like, brings it brings it up well Dr- you know drives that rubbish every year anyway so it's uh uh it's it's just so silly but you know it's uh they got to have a go don't they so it's um uh i think you know this the the whole rivalry and and it's really sad where, where it's all got to and yeah. um but anyway but, you know the melbourne cup will will stand as the Melbourne Cup and the greatest race in, in Australia f- forever and a day. So um, good luck. Good luck.
3: Well, I mean, you can throw as much money as you like, in my opinion, at a race, but it's not going to compete with the Melbourne Cup. No. I, don't, I don't know how many Everest sweeps they have in the office. <laughs> I don't know if there's, know, it's on a Saturday, so there can't be a public holiday. But, you know, the Melbourne Cup just goes down in folk. It's Australian folklore, isn't it? It's just yeah. history. You, you, and you can't just invent a pop-up race that's been going for how long? Seven or eight years? Yep. Even, I don't even know if it's that long. Um, and I'm not knocking the Everest it's got its place and it's, it's been a great pop up race. Um, but there's a couple of things there. One is I think you get the same field for half, probably a quarter, maybe even two or three million. Yeah. And we seem to get the same horses going around every year. Exactly. So, and the Melbourne cup now is having a good think about the Melbourne cup, uh, during the week. Um, we don't breed stayers here really. We don't breed any decent stayers here anymore. Uh, we did last year. We got lucky with Incentivise, winning the Caulfield Cup and then winning the uh, running second in the Melbourne Cup. But since we've had the uh, the international horses come, I don't know if you're a fan of the international, Sammy, or you're not a fan, but I, I was thinking if you take those internationals out over the last how many years have been, we wouldn't be left with much of a field quality-wise, would we?
0: No, I, I'm a huge fan of the internationals coming. And um, I think, uh, you know, it's really made the race, uh, you know, Made the Melbourne Cup go to another level, and and adds so much intrigue and interest. And uh, it's on the world stage now, isn't it? You it know, is. people people um, sit up and and take note of the Melbourne Cup all over the world. Whereas, you know, uh, once upon a time that that was probably not the case. You know, um, so it's no, I think it's a good thing the internationals come. I think uh, Racing Victoria went were way too heavy handed with their um, bringing in their their restrictions uh on you know the the uh, vet protocols and whatever that were put forward and then they've sort of relaxed them to a certain degree now but there's still there's still um you know there's still I think uh issues that that can be tinkered with to, to make it easier for the internationals. I think they they just went way too yep. hard the other way. Yep. And hence the reason,
3: you know, a lot of internationals don't come. So. Well, I'm sure they will look at that over the next few years. And and look, our good friend, Paul Bloodworth, who's a recruiter for the uh, for Racing Victoria of getting those international horses out here for the Cup. He's going to join us a couple of times in the next two weeks uh, to give us an idea of who's here, who's arrived, how they're travelling, what his tip is, a bit about the form, because I know it's very hard to do the form for, for the Melbourne Cup now, because you get some of these horses that we don't know anything about. They haven't run for... Who knows how long? Their last start might have been over hurdles, and <laughs> you're trying to line up the form. Yeah. And it, it's very difficult. So, any help we can get there, we will certainly take it. So, we'll be looking forward to chatting to uh, to Paul uh, in the next couple of weeks or so. Now, racing across the country tomorrow. We've got some really big meetings, Sam. Uh, we've got uh, hopefully Sydney. We've got Melbourne, it's Caulfield Guinea's Day. One of my favourite days of the year, Caulfield Guinea's Day. Caulfield Guinea's, what used to be the Caulfield Stakes, uh, is now the Might and Power. And we've got two rack handicap, all group ones. It's a great race day, isn't it? Um, and
0: yeah, it's the the start of the um, you know, the big sort of couple of weeks for Caulfield now. And uh yeah, let I think um it'll be interesting to see what conditions we get. They're predicting a bit of rain down in Melbourne, not yeah. as much as uh what Sydney is expecting. And uh yeah, they're, they're s- saying touch and go whether Sydney go round. So that will also be interesting to see. Um uh those, those jockeys, they can see when the big money's on. They, they put a couple of pairs of goggles on, they can see in those big races.
3: Just a bit more difficult just for a midweeker, though.
0: Yeah. Is that right? Langarada on a Monday. <laughs> Off.
3: Off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in Queensland uh, tomorrow, we're racing at Eagle Farm. That's our rain, main meeting. We're racing at uh, Aquas Park on the Gold Coast. No Toowoomba tomorrow in the Twilight Zone. We're racing at Warwick instead. Warwick Cup Day, Sam. Big day at Warwick. And you'll have yep. a tip later for Warwick, I'm sure of that. Uh, I will have a tip for Warwick, and uh, it'll be a
0: cracker of a day down there at Warwick. Uh, it's a great race track, and uh, the town really get behind their big day. And uh, Anthony Collins will be there front and centre uh, doing his best work. He's, uh, they do a great job there at Warwick.
3: All right, we, uh, we race at the Sunshine Coast this evening, and we also race at the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. So uh, plenty of meetings to get your teeth stuck into over the weekend. We'll have tips for all those meetings uh, in the last segment of the show. What we'll do now, though, is we'll go for a break. And when we come back from the break, we're really looking forward to speaking to Clinton Taylor, of course, the trainer of the unbeaten, Chinny Boom.
0: is the punters mate on SEN.
4: Step this way, down past the 400. And I can tell you, Butler hasn't breathed on this as yet. It's Chinny Boom,
3: four in front. Mr. Encore holding down second. Step this way. Then she's winning Priscilla Miss, but it's all Chinny Boom, down past the 100. Ten in front of Mr. Encore. Then she's winning. But this is very, very good. Very, very good indeed. Sammy, did you happen to see that win? I know you had a busy week. Did you happen to see that win? I did. I
0: did watch it, uh, Chris. And I was like, wow, we is this a good bit of stuff uh yeah so really exciting for uh clint taylor and the team and yeah i think uh great to great to see a, a, another good horse come come out of uh
3: up north yeah and uh, we've got clinton taylor on the line great to chat to uh to him this morning thanks so much for your time clinton how are you uh, well thanks chris sammy he's going yeah very well thanks you must be very very excited about this filly
1: yeah, look, it's uh, it's been a crazy week, really, ever since Tuesday. Um, the phone's been crazy, but yeah, look, um, she's very exciting, and looking forward to what the future holds.
3: Now, when you first got her in the when you first got her in the yard, did you or in the stable? Did you expect that she was uh, well? She was fairly highly above average, or you just think, oh yeah, well she's she goes okay. Did you expect her to, to produce these results?
1: Oh, like when she walked in the yard, she was just like any other horse. But you know, the further we got in, we realised that we had something that went quite good. Um, Each time she just got better and better, and yeah, we did our best to hide her away. And you know, we um, (laughs) bob on her first up, but there she's she's always shown above average ability.
0: Clint, how did it come about uh, getting Chinny Boom, and and uh, you know, has it been uh, has she been pretty straightforward right from the start?
1: Yeah, so she has. Uh, so I was lucky enough. She went to the Magic Man sales. Um, didn't meet reserve. I was lucky enough. I would trained for Mark. Um, and I've trained her sister before, and I I've trained for him previously. And um, I would showed a bit of interest in her. Obviously, I liked her. And uh, yeah, at the end, when she was after she was passed in, he um, gave me the option to train her, and I couldn't be happier.
3: Gee, there wasn't much in it. Her reserve was fifty thousand, and she was passed in for forty eight.
1: Yeah, no, I'll have to thank whoever that was that didn't keep going. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Which, yeah. Which, which isn't, like, looking back, uh, looking through her uh, breeding and everything last night, I mean, I'm surprised that she didn't go because, I mean, she's a full sister, and I didn't know this, she's a full sister to La Palmiere of Tony Gollins.
1: Yeah, look, Tony, I know, um, I don't know Tony personally, but I know he has a massive opinion of the whole family. He's bought the brothers and sisters nearly right through, so... I think he was quite interested in this filly as well. And, um, yeah, I'm not sure why um, why he didn't go. But anyway, I, I know he's he's interested in her now, I can
3: assure you. Yeah, I was going to say, he wants to know why he didn't go too.
1: <laughs> yeah, That's, yeah uh... no, look, there's been massive interest in this filly since. And plenty of people trying to buy her. and um, Yeah, but anyway, the owner's sticking and solid. And um, he said, uh, I've always ever wanted, was a good horse. And I've got one, so why should I sell it? <laughs>
0: Yeah, Clint, Justin Taylor, Justin Stanley, should I say, uh, is a, uh, well, he's a fantastic jockey and, and uh, a great judge. I'm sure when Judd uh, was riding her early, uh, he's, well, obviously, when was it the day he got off it and said, gee, this this flies?
1: Yeah, well, look, we've had a couple of nice two-year-olds and um, we put her in a jump out here and I said, just keep it this, you know, poke her out the back. And, and he come back and said, this is the best best one you've ever had and um, from that time we knew but look Justin's a great uh, friend of mine um, but I must say uh, Mark Lehman's a um, really good friend of mine and he was a great jockey himself and we know I knew this family quite well and they can get up in the bridle and, and want to overdo things so ever since day one it's always been about teaching her to relax and um, they've all been a, you know Ash Butler everyone um, been a massive part of that and you know a lot of the family probably don't get 1200 uh, it's still a box we need to tick with her, but I think we've put enough foundations in now that she relaxes
3: enough that I think she will. It's going to be interesting to see what she's got when she is put under some pressure. I mean, she's won these races just basically coasting along. I mean, she, as we mentioned at the uh, the start, she she's broken the track record on a soft five track at uh, Rocky there on Tuesday. She's run 58-59. The previous was 59-37, set in 2014 on a good three track. Wow. And it's her... Fourth start. I mean, if she's put under some pressure, there's got to be plenty there under the bonnet, you would think.
1: Yeah, look, I think so, Chris. You know, I've there with some good up and company horses up here, and um, she, she's just in much better than them. She she blows them away. So I, I've never had anything that can put pressure on her to tell me. Um, but look, I've never tried to either. She, she'll get she'll get the pressure put on her at the right time, and she'll let us know. But you know, she doesn't. You know does she need to be going any faster just yet probably
0: not. no she doesn't yeah that's a that's a really good point you make uh Clint I I I used to say um you know watching Black Caviar and and you know the size of her and and seeing how fast she is and you'll and you know used to think gee whiz you know like she's so fast that no wonder that um you know she obviously wasn't the, the soundest horse and because there's so much power and she is so fast, um, it's why they're they're that little bit more delicate, aren't
1: they? Yeah, look, I close my eyes, Sammy, to be honest, um, a couple of gulps I've give her, you know, going into her first up, she sort of had to have a I uh, close my eyes and hope for the best. You know, hope she gets around the corner and she goes that fast. But, <laughs> um, but look, I don't know what's completely under there and um but I'm I'm sure in the in the near future we're about to find out, I'd say um She'll go to Brisbane um, soon, and then um, yeah, oh, I'm sure something will put pressure on her at some stage.
3: Now I'm seeing here, Saturday, October the twenty second, uh, might be her uh, Metro debut at Doombin. Is that still on the cards, or not locked in as yet?
1: Oh, it's not completely locked in. I'm still, uh, oh, I'm still just uh, thinking, or oh, we can wait a week and go to Eagle Farm, a um, thousand metres. Uh, look, oh, I'm just still up in the air. But look, the fillies come through a run really really well I think um, she's only improved, she'll only improve off her run the other day which is a bit scary but um, yeah I I think at this stage is 90% sure that we might go to the
3: 22nd Now the owner breeder Mark Pascoe, you've just said earlier on that uh, he wants to have a good horse he's certainly got a good horse and he's not interested in selling but Sammy as we know everyone (laughs) has their price do you think Mark has one Clinton or do you think he doesn't care, the money's not important at all?
1: Well, at Mark's quoting Mark's words. He says these blokes won't take no for an answer, and it makes me more determined to keep it. Was <laughs> <word>. <laughs> but that's oh, good.
0: Well, that's, well, good the yeah. that's good for the trader. Yeah, it's good for the trader.
1: Look, he's an absolute um, gentleman, and I've known him from a lo- long time. And he's one of the real nice guys, and you know, um fortune chiller. And you know, I know he's really just enjoying the ride. And you know, who knows when it will end, Sammy, but and Chris, but you know, just for now, I just think he just wants to enjoy it and and uh, let's just see where we end
3: up yeah why not now you've got some runners uh, over the weekend i'm not sure that they're tab meetings so i don't know that we can back them but uh you've got one at bowen uh on saturday and you've got uh, a couple at emerald uh, any tip for any of those three you can you can uh, put out there and oh, someone can look... jump in the car and drive to one of those places <laughs> <laughs> oh look they're
1: they're all good chances actually uh dawson diamond's been a a nice filly for us. Um, she heads the Bowen for the Bowen Cup. A little apprentice, Bookie Johnson's riding her. Bookie works really hard at my stable, so it's, uh, it's a really good chance to give her an opportunity, and I thought she'd be hard
0: to beat.
3: All right. Well, we'll go with her. Dawson Diamond in the Bowen Cup at Bowen, of course, tomorrow. Is, are
0: they the same connections? I think there was a horse with uh, Garnet Taylor yeah, there down was. here, wasn't there? Yep. Uh, it, it, it was, it was like, a few Dawsons. Dawson something. It was, it was handy enough, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, this is actually our half sister. This is uh, this is uh, Dawson uh, uh, Dawson Deaver's half sister yep, that yep. runs second in the Queensland Oats. So Yeah, yeah
3: right. A, out of
1: okay. same mare um, boy, boy, boy rich enough.
0: Oh, fantastic!
3: All um, righty, Clinton. Thanks so much for your time uh, this afternoon. We uh, look forward to chatting to you down the track. All the best with uh, with Chinny Boom when she comes to town. We're all just really hanging out to see how she goes, and I for one will be tipping her. I can tell you that.
1: Okay, Chris, no worries. Thanks for the call.
3: Thanks, Sammy. Good on you, Clinton. Clinton Taylor joining us there. Of course, Sammy, trainer of Chinny Boom. Very, very exciting filly. Now, before you came along and did this show, Mark Braybrook and myself used to have a segment called That's Magic, Sammy, where we used to find some uh, weird and wonderful things that happened, in race callers or any sort of sport, but generally anything race calling was probably good because if it's uh, visual, it's not much good on the radio, so we couldn't (laughs) use those. So if you come across anything, let me know, but I thought I'd just go back and revisit one of them. Plus, I have a new one. Now, we all know David Fowler over at, uh, at Radio Tab. Terrific race caller. Nice guy is David. Uh, and now, this one goes back to 2010 at Albion Park. And I'm sure there's a few people out there who have heard this one, but uh, David had a bit of uh, wildlife in the commentary box. The head held low, uh, moves to its wheel. Third, the leader's back. Soho Aphrodite, one by one, as they go to the turnout of the straight. Uh, there's a possum in the box. Can you believe it? I've never seen this in my life. Get rid of it, quickly. Oh, down the back straight they go, they're <laughs> left to run. That is you could start it. You could, you could sort of gauge it in his voice that it was starting to quiver a little bit <laughs> before he mentioned it. So he'd obviously spotted it out of the corner of his eye, or maybe he was sitting on top of his shoulder, I'm not sure. And I uh, thought, how am I going to get through the race? But he did. But uh, well done to David there. That's a good one. Now, this one, of course, our old mate, we know this guy well. I'm sure you've heard of the Swedish Trot's caller. Yes. Uh, Henry, He's famous. Harry Cheadle. Viking Harry, I think they call him. Well, he's had a lot of them over the years, but none better than this one when he ripped into the jockey. I think it was a Jager's row back in 2016. Eric Roth was the jockey. He'd got beaten on a short price favourite earlier in the day because he went looking for an inside run that wasn't there. And here he was in a later race, again looking for an inside run on something I reckon Harry might have tipped.
0: Come into the turn, and you can see Yon, Eric Neuroth is still looking for a way through on uh, favourite number two, Angel Love. And he making the same mistake he made earlier in the day today, but now uh, seemingly getting a chance down the inside rail there as uh, we see the favourite being hampered. And what a bloody idiot he is <laughs> as they come down the straight here now with uh, favourite Angel uh, flying here. Angel Love's going to fly to win it, and Angel Love wins it from six and three. But what an incredible stupid drive by a ride by uh, Neuroth. I get more and more irritated when I see what he did in the uh,
3: first race today. Do you think that had ever happened here?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, there's more of it. Just, just tune into SEN Track. I, I, <laughs> go, I gave, uh, I gave a couple of cook last week. I tell you, just
3: uh, Well, you can do that because you're an ex jockey, so I no one's going to say it's, oh, it's easy sitting on mean, the couch. It, it,
0: it, there, there needs to be more of it. It's that's what it's all about. There's nothing, you know. And now, once you, uh, you know, when you're having a bet, you're working when you're having a bet, and then you see something sick like that. Ah, oh, yeah, I. I know uh, I voice it and probably shouldn't sometimes, but anyway. Well, it's, you, all, it's said, all a
3: bit of passion. You can. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'm sure uh, jockeys don't mind a bagging from you because you ha- were a jockey. But uh, people like me who sit on the couch it. who have never ridden a horse in their life—I mean, it's a bit rich. But uh, Harry, I don't think he would have ridden too many in his life either. But uh, anyway, that was uh, that was very enjoyable. Uh, Harry's he's uh, got some rippers, and I'm sure we'll pull a few more out. Over the uh, the next few weeks, but if anybody listening out there has a good uh, a funny race call or something that's happened funny in sports, please uh, send it through to us. You can go via my Twitter handle at QLD Trials if you like. Send it to me and I'll definitely put it on the show. All righty, Sammy. Uh, we'll go for a break.
0: is the punters mate on SEM.
3: Welcome back to the punters mate on this Friday afternoon, Sammy. It's always great to chat to uh, Tony Gollan, our leading trainer in Queensland, who's got a lot of uh, good chances uh, in the spring down South Sydney and Melbourne. He's already had a successful time with, uh, with some of his runners. Of course, the two no goes around hopefully in Sydney and, uh, Zoo style will go around at uh, at Caulfield too, and I think he's got a great chance. Now we did speak to Tony earlier this morning, got his uh, thoughts on some of his runners. Tony, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Now, where do we find you? Uh, you're local or you uh, down south?
4: Uh, most most likely in Sydney at this stage. I'm booked to head down there, and hopefully the, the weather gods can start to improve, and we make sure that meeting goes ahead.
0: Tony, uh, obviously, before we get into your runners for the weekend, uh, it must have been being a Toowoomba boy. Must have been a a big thrill to have the, uh, to have you know such a good day at, at Toowoomba a couple of weeks ago. There,
4: yeah. Look, it was good, Tony. It started off really well. The first three races we were in, we won, um, but you know, obviously, as we got into the day, we narrowly beaten in the cup, and then um, second and third in the Wheatwood, not too far away either. So it was it was a really good day, but. But frustrating not to land either of the big ones
3: how good was it to see Michali win a race well Michali I don't know what they predict carried, carried you yeah. Chris. carried sorry. me it carried, yeah, you. carried me for a long time
1: <laughs> yeah he was
4: good I, I was sort of I was really disappointed with his prep I don't know whether it was just running him first up on those couple of heavy tracks he just wasn't himself then after that and I wasn't sure what to do with him but he, he really looked good and worked good going into Toowoomba and I thought if he doesn't run a race there, well, he's off to the paddock and we need to start again, but it was good to see him win and hopefully they can kick him off for another one.
3: Yeah, he just needed a good barrier, he needed a good track and he needed a good ride and he got all three. Yeah,
4: he did, you're right, he did. He got the good ride from Jimmy Ormond. I thought Eagle Farm, he's run the start before. I was, he was pretty common, but he did race a bit, a bit close and a bit fresh for him. Um, he was a lot better at Coomber the other day and he was really good. So, like I said, hopefully I can give him a, a bit of confidence for another one.
3: Alrighty. Now, uh, as for tomorrow, let's go to Corfield first. You've got style going around in the Scalachi. Gee, I reckon he's well-placed. I know Paul Ailey's well-fancied, but he'll find the fence, you would think?
4: Yeah, I mean, I hope that's the place to be. I mean, they're back to the rail true, obviously, a couple of Guinea's Day. Um, he's in great order, the horse. He's he come off two really good runs. He arguably should have won the McEwen, and he um, he was great, I thought, in the in the Moya. You know, he's on genuine Group 1 company there, and he had to do a lot of work early at mid-race off that wide draw. And I think you can see the Benicoli getting to know him now and getting used to the horse. he began begun well for him, and he'll begin well here. And There's it, a bit of pressure in the race, but he's a good fast horse. He can absorb pressure now. He's really he's really handling that mid-race pressure, and I'm sure he's the horse they're all going to have to get past
0: tomorrow. Tony, a bit of a shout-out to uh, Alex Pattis, who's doing uh, the work with the horses down in Melbourne. Uh, she's doing a great job, isn't she?
4: Oh, she's doing an unreal job. You know, it's the first time she's been in a situation like this, taking horses away, and it, it's stressful. You know, to, you know, she's got a lot of responsibility, and she's doing an outstanding job. I'm sort of down there at least once a week or ten days with her, and she really is doing a good job. And that's testament to the way the horses are presenting at the races and the way they're racing. So, you know, hats off to Alex. She's um she's a really important part of our stable, and hopefully she will be for quite a while.
3: Just on uh, your other runners you've had down there during the spring so far. Baller, of course, has been really good. Uh, Isotope hasn't quite fired. Is she still there?
4: Yeah, she is. She's been the disappointing one, really. She's been the only horse that hasn't ran up to what we know she can do. A little bit circumstantial, Blinkers. off got back a fair way in the ruck at Caulfield and things didn't pan out. She got to the line good late the other night. Obviously, she was at Caulfield the week before. The race was just too wet for her. So I, I left her to go to the Moya. Never got in the race, got hammered out the start and then got a lot of kickback thrown in her face. So I've just given her a week at the Water Walker. She'll run Derby Day and the Phillies 1100 I'm really keen to see her at Flemington on better ground, up the straight. If she gets back anywhere near her best, it's absolutely the right race for her.
3: All righty. Now it's uh, Roll Randwick, fingers crossed. You've got uh, Natuno going around in the Roman Consul. <coughs> Both runs have been very good.
4: Yeah, they have been. They've been great. The other day, the riding was probably on the wall coming to the corner. He wasn't going to get a lot of room, was he? Sort of no. had a lot, lot of horse huey, but... He's a horse that wants a bit of galloping room. He didn't get it. The run did present for half a furlong, but it wasn't a big enough run for a young colt who's looking at what's going on around him. I, I, I kind of like the wide draw tomorrow. I don't know if I love the heavy 105 track, <laughs> but I I, um, I do like the wide draw. I think he can just roll into a position, most likely outside lead, and be in a good rhythm and give himself plenty of room and, and plenty of opportunity from there. So I kind of like, like where he's drawn. I think... Um, The horses he's been racing around are probably the testing material in the race. Best of Bordeaux and Swiss Exile, they sort of been uh, battling each other now since the San Domenico. And there's not a whole lot between these three horses. So I think we'll see similar tomorrow. And I'm I'm very, very happy with my colt.
3: He is two from two on heavy ground, but he wouldn't have seen anything like he's going to see tomorrow. Yeah,
4: correct. Heavy eight at the Sunshine Coast is actually upgraded to a soft later that day. Um, the Gold Coast, however, when he won there, it was an eight. It was dead set, far more like a nine. Yep. It was a really sticky, puggy, awful Gold Coast heavy, which we've seen a lot of them this last year. Um, but this Ramwick track will be something like, I don't think any of these horses will probably will see a track like this. It's the no. you know of the amount of rain there
2: tomorrow. I have, have
4: had all week and it'll be very, very heavy. But look, he, he's adaptable in it. Whether he's at absolute best, I don't know. We'll know tomorrow.
0: Madame Odette in the uh, Gloaming Stakes. I thought it was worth a throw up
4: stumps, it wasn't a whole lot here for her and these three-year-old fillies, as you know Sam, they have a habit of, when they get into a groove, they can really do some good things and I loved her up to the mile with the blinkers on the other day, I know she didn't beat much, but she won dominantly she's got a pedigree of a horse that will get further, Um, she's by Churchill out of a Snitzel mare, she's she's certainly got a pedigree to get through wet ground she's got a good action, the type of horse I think would get through it, so she's hard to fit and in good shape, so I'm keen to take her down, I think it's a very open race. I mean, she's about 15 bucks in the market off a Twomba of win, so that tells you where she's at.
3: Now, at Eagle Farm, you're light on for numbers, uh, which is not usual for you. But uh, race number five, you kick off the day with a couple of couple of three-year-olds here, Clareview, Molly, and Deer Trail. Deer Trail was good. I thought the trial was good leading into that uh, debut win.
4: Yeah, both these three-year-olds I really like, to be honest. They're well-weighted. Um, with a top weight, you know, compressing the weights down. They get in really nicely. He's an awful life. I don't think you'd be too far off them, um, I want to have him in the first three pairs, of that lightweight, and not be far off that, that top weight you know, on straight. And he track raced a bit leaderish at Eagle Farm last week. So mm. I want to take advantage of that lightweight, And He has got a bit of natural gate speed. so He's also really like, he obviously, it's his first go at Eagle Farm. You'll take him a little bit on trust, but he's got the right timber under him. He's a beautiful sound horse with good action. I think he'll handle it well.
3: Just uh, later in the day, you speak of uh, leaderish at Eagle Farm, which it was last week. The 1,000-metre races were particularly like that. Uh, there looks to be a lot of speed in race nine. Uh, Le Palmiere's drawn a wide gate. Maybe you will look to ease there, but there still looks to be a lot of tempo, and that should suit your other runner, Shamrock Lou.
4: Yeah, true. Well, um, Le Palmier won't ease too much. Uh, Chris, he's a, he's a horse that sort of likes to get his own rhythm, his own groove. So yep. the key to him is just to begin well. Actually, there's a bit of speed outside of him. He's already drawn all over himself, but there's probably more tempo outside of him when he's underneath him, really. So he'll roll up into the first four. I, I, I agree with you. There's a lot of tempo here. Uh, whether the track will play exactly the same, I'm not sure. It's unusual for it to be his leader as leader as it was the other day. Mm. Whether that was just a management issue with not enough water going into it or what, I'm not sure. But um, we'll see might, might see a different track this week. But it, we'll just see how, he does map really well for Shamrock Blue. I love the way he's gonna where he's gonna get in the run and he's a track and trip specialist really. He loves a thousand meters and he handles Eagle Farm well. So beat the troop there, he be a trip there and come out and won a, around third in a goal market when he won here his last time at Eagle Farm, site puts him in good stead for this.
0: And Jimmy Orman on board. uh, You know, Jimmy's uh, obviously a leading jockey here in Brisbane, but, gee, he's dead set, hit the ground running this season. I know he was outstanding last season, Tony, but uh, I reckon he's gone to another level now, Jimmy, just even with with last season behind him, and and he's stronger again.
4: Yeah, I think you're right, Sam. The maturity of him as a rider now is just there to see week in, week out. He makes very few mistakes. That's why he gets such good opportunities from the big stables. I think he rides for nearly all of all of us big stables now. Um, I know myself and, and, and Chris Woller we use him quite a lot, and for the reason he, he doesn't ride under fifty six, so that suits him now. He's found his his right weight niche for a Saturday. He turns up at the races exactly the same every week, and like I said, he's a jockey that makes a few mistakes. You can put him on, and you're very comfortable with what you're going to get back out of him. So, you know, I think he's doing a great job. He's in for a very good season again.
3: As a tipster slash punter. Y- you get the same feeling too. When yeah, you see Jimmy Orman it. on your horse, you think, okay, no problems at all here. You'll get a good ride. And nine and a half times out of 10, you do. Now, just uh, on two-year-olds, Tony, we're three, I think, three meetings into the two-year-old season. I'm sick to death of all these Mishanis. <laughs> uh, I, I, have you got any two-year-olds coming through? Because I can't line all these yep. Mishanis up. I can't catch them. Please tell me you've got some coming through.
4: Yeah, no, we do. We've got a bunch of two-year-olds. We've got about 72 year olds on our books and I'll come through as the season goes on. We're probably not as hell-bent as um, the Mashani operation has being there in the first few weeks of the season. Um, so we've got a lot of Magic Means-type horses that are earmarked towards that time of the year. So I'll start trolling in the next couple of weeks a few of these earlier colts and fillies, and then the rest of them will keep coming through. So you'll see some of ours, but um, Les and Dan Coe can have their fun in these first six or so weeks, and then you will yeah. see some nice two-year-olds come out of our yard.
3: They're dominating the races. They're dominating the trials. Everywhere <laughs> you look, there's a Mashani this, Mashani that. So anyway, <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. Bazik, can you give us an update on Bezique, a horse I really like?
4: Yeah, she's got a good form around her now too. Too so gotcha. Um, she, she come back in. I just wasn't thrilled with her. Um, she's a filly. She hurt her knee in the paddock. She's a very young horse just after she got broken in, really. And so she's a filly we've got to manage well, manage carefully. I got her back in to get ready for a summer, short summer prep, and I just wasn't 100% happy with her. So I'll put her back out now for another break, and you won't see her till the autumn.
1: Okay. She's sound,
4: um, and she's a bloody talented filly, but I, I want to make sure that we... She's not a filly that's going to have a 40 start, forty career start life, um, so I want to make sure we've got the right filly when we take her to the races. So i have just put her back out, out on the side of caution with her, and you'll see her in the autumn.
3: Everybody should have Bezique in their black book. She's very smart, and... Uh... Good to get Tony's uh, enforcement there. Uh, Tony, good luck to you over the weekend. Good luck in Melbourne. Good luck in Sydney should they go ahead. And certainly good luck at Eagle Farm. We'll chat to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Tony. All the best. Tony Golan joining us there. Sam, we'll head for a break. And after we come back from the break, we'll get some tips for the weekend.
0: This is The Punters, mate, on SEN.
3: On the Gold Coast, in the sunshine, a holiday paradise. And, of course, the unofficial mayor of the Gold Coast is our good friend Gibbo, Blair Gibson, from BrizzyRaces.com.au. Everything that happens on the Gold Coast, he knows all about. And, Sammy, he's going to give us a tip each and every week Not only the Gold Coast, but anywhere else he thinks he's got a good thing. Gibbo, good morning, or good afternoon to you, sorry.
2: Hello, Sam. Hello, Chris. I expected nothing less than uh, something like that from you, Mr Nelson.
3: (laughs) I was searching high and low for the uh, appropriate promo for you or intro for you, and I think I found the right (laughs) one. Gibbo,
0: I actually just listened to that and was going... How did he find that? Yeah, like, yeah. Who, who listens to like, this that, stuff?
2: Uh, you know, try not to go. Try not to go where Chris's head goes, Sammy. It's
3: a different space. Yeah, it was on my playlist.
2: <laughs> it would be too.
3: All right, Gibbo, Uh Racing, of course, at the Gold Coast tomorrow. Are we going to get a good track at the Gold Coast? It's been a while. Yeah, maybe two thousand
2: twenty-four. Um, <laughs> gee, whiz. It, it's been unbelievable. Um, and, and the problem is, obviously, you know, you, you're chewing it up each week, so it's just sort of, it's easier to stay wet. And it's just, um, whether it's a Thursday, Friday, or a little bit during the meeting, it's just, seems like it's been about four months worth. That's um, so never ideal, but I, I'm working so far on about, the mail this morning was it could be back to a soft five. Mm-hmm. So soft five, soft six, sort of what I'm thinking.
3: Well, that's okay. It's better than a heavy 10, isn't it?
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, it's like a firm three compared to what you used to.
3: All right. Now, give us a good thing at the Gold Coast tomorrow, please.
2: I'll give you a couple. I think we'll have one early. Uh, Race two, number 11, no love lost. Now, the old form's probably not that good, but the last couple, I think, have been sort of sharp improvements. Uh, The race at Kilcoy two back led there and, and just sort of got nailed on the line, but I didn't mind the gaps back to the rest. I thought that was a good effort. Up on speed at the sunny coast again last time, 1,200. Beaten a length, but again, I, I thought that effort was really good for a race like this. It's it's a pretty ordinary race, to be honest. Um, I think Malian on Baronial is clearly the main danger, but look, I'm I'm just happy to think No Love loss can be up on speed, um, probably peel off four or five off the fence, get to the right part of the track, and be the one they have to run down. I think that's that that will be a positive. The way the track will play tomorrow.
3: All right, so race two, number eleven, and you've got another.
2: Yes, uh, race eight, number ten. Sumner Miller. Now, it's a race sort of devoid of many horses with upside. I think this horse has sort of got plenty. Dipman Suits. um, Look, the failure at Ipswich, two back. I'm really not sure what that was. I think we just forget that and go on the two Gold Coast runs either side of it. They were dominant wins, broke maiden status here three starts ago. Look really good. And then last start, again, just sort of sat behind the leaders. went past one by nearly two. Um, That was on a heavy track, but Handles everything. I think she's just, um, she's the one that I think can sort of go on, win a few more races, and I've got a bit of a query over the rest of them. So I think race eight, number 10, Sumner Miller, is uh, the other good bet for the day.
3: All right. So race two, number 11, no love lost. Race eight, number 10, Sumner Miller. Anything anywhere else you want to throw into the mix?
2: Um,
3: Nothing at Eagle Farm you like?
2: A a couple at Eagle Farm I thought would run well. I think they're sort of short enough, around $4. But race six, uh, Parade, and race seven, Hatchet,
3: um, I
2: really like what they've done with Hatchet. I thought his first two wins this time in were very good, then the fourteen hundred was a trip too far and they went too hard. I like to freshen up back to twelve hundred, so sort of berade and hatchet, but I don't really want too much shorter than four dollars.
3: All right, Gibbo. Thanks very much for your time. Now, we, do we go out, Cohen, with the theme again, or we just let him go without the uh, front he, he loves it. He wants to hear it again. I'm sure he does. <laughs> <Thanks>. There we <laughs> go. Thanks, <in> Thanks, <laughs> Cheers, Gibbo. Have a good weekend. Holiday, we go. How good is that? All right, now, tips for tomorrow. We've got about four minutes, I think. Is that right? Boom. Okay. Uh, Warwick on Saturday. Because there's no Toowoomba, Sammy. You got one for Warwick?
0: What about race four, number eight, New York Gal for the Curry Camp? Mark Curry is dead set training up a storm this season, isn't he? And uh, I think this is ready to strike. So uh, just up the road at uh, Warwick, Basil Nolan Country. I think this can be uh, very hard to beat today.
3: We've got sunny coast meetings tonight and on Sunday. I will give you for tonight... Uh, I'm going to give you a little multi for tonight. Race one, number two, Without Revenge. Into race three, number seven, Funny Money. Into race five, number one, Savaleo. Okay, so there's three for the sunny coast. And race seven, number 10, Sabalenka on Sunday. Uh, best bets over the weekend, Sam? Eagle Farm,
0: race eight, number one, has a bro. I think this You've been is, on this
3: one for a while. Yeah,
0: third up, I reckon it can, it can win. Uh... One more go. And Caulfield, race eight, number two, Barclay Square. I know it's uh, spelled Berkeley Square, but uh, I think it's a good horse, this, and I think it'll take out the Guineas.
3: All right. Well, I'll go to Eagle Farm. Race five, number three, on point each way. One of Rob Heathcote's is progressing nicely. And race nine, number two, Shamrock Lou. We, of course, spoke to Tony Gollin, uh just a little earlier, and he gave us a good rap for Shamrock Lou, so it's got a very good chance as well, and I agree with him. Now, lay. You got a lay of the day, Sammy? Uh, my lay
0: is uh, Jono horse in the last at Eagle Farm, which goes by the name of I Am Lethal. Barrier? Is that uh, the problem? Barrier, yep. Barrier. Hasn't won for a while. I think, uh, I think this is its go. I think we can uh, lay it, yep.
3: All right, and I'll go with race eight, number nine, Battleton, a horse that's struggling for form. On his best, would probably beat them, but would want to improve panels. So that's my lay. Uh, Simon DiNopoulos from Racing and Sports. His ratings special of the day is Williamsburg at uh, Ramwick. Whether that runs or not remains to be seen, but it's Williamsburg. We'll get a tip from Simon each week. We better go. Sammy, great to have you on Drive Time today. We'll look forward to doing it all again next week. On the punters, mate. Of course, the punters, mate. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week right across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Good luck, everyone.